What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Gadget Reason Radio here on Anchor FM. My name is Sean. I'm your host and everybody's favorite tech geek and gadget nerd here on Anchor FM. Happy first day of the NFL football season to everybody. Hopefully, all you guys have your fantasy football plans in order and everything ready to go. I'm super excited. I love the first day of the NFL season. Um, But there is a ton of tech news to get to, so I want to go ahead and jump in with today's tech download. But I also wanted to mention, too, that I have a ton of other stories I'm working on for Gadget Reason here. I have uh, an episode coming up about my experiences and enthusiasm for my $1,500 electric skateboard, which is the uh, boosted board. I've been using it for almost two years now. Uh, I'm on my second version, and I have a story for you guys about that. And then also, um, I have my essential phone review, which should be coming in probably by Monday of next week. I just got the 360 camera for it in today. I wanted to wait until that came in to give it a full review with all of its accessories, um, the way that a customer might expect to get it if they ordered one. And uh, so, yeah, so I've got a lot of things going on. I'm super excited, but let's go ahead and jump in with today's tech download for Thursday, September 7th, 2017. Spotify and Hulu are teaming up to put together a pretty sweet bundle for college students. The bundle will be $4.99 a month, and it gets you Spotify Premium as well as Hulu's streaming TV service. The version of Hulu that you do get does have ads included, but the $4.99 price is still a better deal than you would get on either of these services individually. So getting them both for $5 is a pretty good deal for any college student who's eligible. If you already have the student version of the Spotify premium plan, you can now just go ahead and activate the Hulu side. And if you've got a regular Hulu subscription with no add-ons, then you can merge that with your education Spotify account. Currently, this offer is only available in the US. Apparently, this is only the first step in a series of bundling offers from Spotify and Hulu. They are planning to roll out some type of bundling plan to all consumers in some form, as opposed to being available for students only. This new partnership between Spotify and Hulu comes on the heels of lots of other carrier and content-related combinations that have been forming over the past couple of years. AT&T has DirecTV and HBO, Verizon has the NFL, and Sprint has been pushing Tidal on its wireless network. Also, just yesterday, T-Mobile announced that it would be offering Netflix streaming for free on its wireless network. So hopefully this combo deal from Spotify and Hulu will help them with all of this hefty competition for viewers and listeners' attention spans. Google announced today that it's finally shutting down the Google Drive app for PC and Mac, with support being cut off starting December 11th of this year and the app being completely shut down after March 12th, 2018. While the Google Drive service itself isn't going anywhere, as you can still access it from the web or from some of the replacement applications that Google has in place, the Google Drive app itself is. Google already has two new tools in place to use in place of Google Drive. If you're a standard consumer, there's the backup and sync application that handles all of your files and photos. And if you're an enterprise customer and you're using Google Apps for business, then you have the Google Drive file streamer. The nice thing about Drive file streamer is that it saves extra space on your local hard drive while still providing instant access to all of your Google Drive files on demand directly from your computer. With the older and now deceased Google Drive app, you would have to actually allocate how much of your local hard drive space you wanted to allocate for Google Drive to pre-download and cache existing files that you wanted to use on a regular basis. Otherwise, you'd be waiting forever every time you wanted to open a file for it to go and retrieve it from the cloud. Google says that the new systems are a much more elegant approach and that you can say goodbye to time-consuming file syncing and any concerns about disk space altogether. 
Most people know that Game of Thrones is one of the most popular television shows in the world, averaging about 30 million viewers per episode during its last season, but many people may not know that it also has the distinguished honor of being one of the most pirated shows in the world. A new report is suggesting that this year, Game of Thrones, for its seventh season, was pirated over a billion times. What's most interesting about this number is the fact that most of this illegal piracy is coming from unlicensed streaming as opposed to other types of piracy like torrent downloads. The breakdown of piracy on Game of Thrones shows that 84.7% comes from unlicensed illegal streams, 9.1% comes from torrents that are publicly available, 5.6% come from other various illegal downloads, and then 0.6% is coming from private torrents. Google and HTC may be in the final stages of negotiating for some type of sale acquisition or an investment. Various reports are claiming that HTC is probably looking to get rid of its struggling smartphone business while still holding on to its Vive VR business separately. HTC recently announced its sales numbers for August 2017, and it's definitely clear the company is struggling. HTC reported its lowest revenue for the month of August in 13 years. HTC announced just under $100 million in revenue, which was 51.5% lower than July and 54.4% lower than August of last year. To find worse performing numbers from HTC, you'd have to go all the way back to 2004. While there have been rumors in the past about a company either purchasing or making a large investment in HTC, this time could be different due to the fact that Google might be realizing that this is a good time to own not only the software but the hardware as well as all their cloud services. This would put them in even more direct competition with Apple, who also is in a position to control not only the hardware but also the software and their own cloud services with iCloud. Obviously, Google has buckets of cash and can clearly afford to make this purchase or investment, but they also have some pretty close ties to HTC, going all the way back to when HTC helped Google create the Nexus One. It looks like after years of stubbornly trying to fight the streaming music platforms, music rights holders like Warner Music Group are finally starting to soften and embrace the idea of streaming music platforms as a whole. Earlier this year, Spotify was able to renegotiate its streaming content deals to get a lower percentage of revenue to pay out to content rights holders, and now it looks like Apple is doing the same. In its first new music streaming deal since it launched Apple Music in 2015, Apple, it seems, has been able to reduce some of its percentages down to 55% from the previous 58% of revenue that it used to have to pay to rights holders in the past. Now that Apple Music is an established streaming service that has millions of subscribers, it seems like they have a little bit more negotiating power with the rights holders to be able to negotiate better terms and be more profitable. Streaming music services are now the largest source of revenue for the recording industry with physical and digital sales falling rapidly year over year. Apple has projected that by 2020 it will have made about 50 billion dollars in revenue from Apple Music alone. In other Apple deal-related news, it seems as though Apple is paying a fortune to Samsung for the OLED displays for the upcoming iPhone 8. As we are already all well aware, Apple is about to unveil its latest iPhones in its September 12th event, and it's been pretty widely reported that Apple will be switching to OLED displays for at least one of the new iPhone models. Obviously, with Samsung being the largest manufacturer of OLED displays in the world, 
It does seem as though Apple is reliant on Samsung to produce enough displays for them to pump out the millions and millions of iPhones that they're probably going to want to try and sell over the next year and a half. Samsung is obviously going to take advantage of this situation when you consider the fact that currently Apple is paying about $45 to $55 for their current LCD displays from various manufacturers, and Samsung is looking to ask about $120 to $130 per OLED display. This is obviously one of the main contributing factors to why the new iPhones are reported to be so incredibly expensive, as displays typically make up the brunt of any smartphone manufacturing costs. Apple will surely look for other partners outside of Samsung to help produce OLED displays for their phones in the future, but the next biggest manufacturer of OLEDs currently is LG, and right now LG's displays are pretty subpar to the ones that Samsung is producing, so it's probably not going to be somewhere until 2019 or later when LG is finally in a position to supply Apple with the quality OLED displays they'll be looking for. Not only will the OLED displays being supplied by Samsung apparently add to the high price of Apple's latest iPhone, it could also lead to some of the supply chain issues which could then lead to inventory constraints. Only time will tell and we should know more after the iPhone launches sometime in September. For those of you looking for a bigger screen than what you can typically get for any reasonable price in an LCD model, Sony has unveiled its latest true 4K projector that comes in at just about 5 grand. Up until recently, buying a 4K projector was a little bit on the shady side. Most 4K projectors on the market that were reasonably priced were not actually 4K, but they were using something in between 1080p and 4K and then upscaling them. To go full 4K, you were probably having to go with a Sony projector, and those were upwards of $20,000. So even though 5K sounds a little bit on the pricey side, it's definitely the cheapest true 4K projector on the market, and Sony's projectors have always been touted for their incredible brightness and color accuracy. While you certainly can't get anywhere near a 150-inch display for $5,000 if you're looking at LCDs or OLED displays, the big problem with projectors, of course, is that you have to control the ambient lighting in the room, otherwise the colors are washed out and it ruins the contrast and color accuracy. Another thing you have to consider is that while this projector from Sony is 4K and HDR capable, the HDR experience doesn't translate as well on a projected image as it does on a super bright OLED or a really nice LCD display. Google Maps has a new update that brings the measure distance feature to the iPhone and the iPad. The new update to Google Maps, which was released on Wednesday, adds a new useful measurement feature to the iPhone and the iPad that's been available on the Google Maps web interface for quite a while. The new feature allows you to calculate the geographical distance between two or more points on a map, allowing you to do things like measure the mileage in a straight line between two cities. The measure distance feature works by pressing and holding anywhere on the map to bring up a red pin. You can then scroll down and choose measure distance and move the map around adding points as you see fit. Google Maps will then automatically calculate the total distance between all the points as you add them. Google Maps is available in the iOS App Store and it is available to download for free today if you don't already have it. So my Essential Phone 360 camera arrived in the mail today, and uh, not only was the 
unboxing experience just as good as it was with the phone, but the actual hardware itself is pretty impressive. It looks to be just as well made as the Essential phone was, and uh, the magnets that hold it on via the pogo pins on the back of the Essential phone were extremely strong, and it snaps into place with a really satisfying click. I don't think that it's going to come off or ever be an issue during use. The image quality is pretty good, but obviously, even though it's a 4K video feed, it is 4K video being compressed as well as being spread out over a 360 degree image. So it's not going to look anywhere near as good as 4K would in a standard video file. So um, I'll give you guys my full thoughts and review on the 360 camera once I get finished with my total review of the Essential Phone, which of course I will have for you guys to listen to here on Gadget Reason Radio probably sometime next week. So stay tuned for that. That's going to do it for your daily tech headlines today. So let's go ahead and wrap this thing up real quick and discuss a few of the more notable topics from today's stories. So Google Drive going away is pretty significant. I've been using Google Drive for about as long as Android's been around, I guess, or whenever Google Drive first came came about. I've been using it for, for a really long time, and I use it in conjunction with iCloud to kind of uh, supplement or offset some of the storage, cloud storage that I have. And uh, I definitely use Google Drive on my Mac to kind of give me a folder where I can just drag things into Directly, So I have not even begun to look into any of Google's replacement offerings. So I'm definitely going to have to do that. And uh, if any of you out there use Google Drive, definitely something to keep in mind and start preparing yourselves for. Um, probably not a big deal at the end of the day, but uh, just something to pay attention to. As far as the story about Game of Thrones uh, being pirated, I think these stories about piracy are kind of uh, a little bit sensationalized. You know, one of the things that was most interesting about the piracy for Game of Thrones is that it looked like the biggest chunk of it was coming from Facebook streaming, which is totally bizarre to me. Um, I have honestly never watched a single episode of anything um, streaming on Facebook. So that just seems weird to me. And uh, I, I, I didn't I didn't realize that Facebook uh um, unlicensed streaming was a big problem but I don't know if any of you guys out there have ever watched any kind of content that you didn't pay for on Facebook give me a call in or a comment or something and let me know because I'm kind of curious about that um, in terms of the Google HTC potential merger I could really see this happening uh, you know I know Google bought Motorola once and that didn't work out so well um, but they have a much closer sort of bond with HTC obviously HTC helped them make the G1 and the G2 with T-Mobile, as well as uh, numerous other successful smartphones of their own. HTC had the HTC One, which is a fantastic phone. That series did really well for them. Um, Extremely high build qualities and really good um, devices in terms of how they were reviewed and, and perceived by the public. And uh, and of course, you know, obviously HTC and Google most famously partnered together for the, the Nexus One, which was at the time the, the sort of cream of the crop, the best example of what an Android phone could be. So I definitely think that Google is probably looking to play the long game here and finally be in that position where they can, you know, be the manufacturers of the actual hardware that's being built in conjunction with all the software and backend stuff they have going on, as well as their cloud storage. Apple and Samsung's uh, relationship is just really weird you know the the whole deal with apple trying to get away from samsung and finding alternative suppliers for memory in the past and and other things obviously apple famously creating their own in-house processors so they didn't have to license or purchase those from anybody else was a whole nother thing and now here they are again being super reliant on one of their biggest competitors for 
basically or arguably the, the most important part of, of any smartphone, which is obviously the display. So um, it is interesting. Obviously, Samsung's going to gouge them for the cost of these displays, which are already expensive to make. OLEDs have extremely low yields. They, they have a lot of failures during production, so a lot of them get thrown out. Um, so it's definitely going to be, uh, I think, uh, very interesting to see how this holds up over the next uh, you know, year or so. And I'm sure Apple's doing everything it can to find a, an alternate partner so that uh, they're not totally reliant on Samsung going forward. But when it comes to the uh, the story about the Sony 4K display, you know, um, I've, I've had projectors in the past. I'm a big fan of projectors. But now that we're moving into this sort of uh, generation of 4K and Ultra HDR and HDR content, uh, I really don't think I could go back to a projector right now because uh, I definitely know that a projected image would definitely not give me the same effect in terms of HDR that I've come accustomed to with my HDR television. So, um, you know, I'm actually looking to go, you know, the other way in the next few years and, and get an OLED display once the prices start to fall on those. So I couldn't really see myself going back to a projector, at least not as my main source of viewing. If, if maybe if I had a room dedicated as a home theater, again, um, I could possibly see doing that, but it would have to be dedicated just for, uh, just for watching movies or something like that. And I think I would still miss the HDR image quality. So that's going to do it for today's tech download. Thank you once again to everybody who continues to tune in and favorite the station. I will be back tomorrow with the tech download. So stay tuned for that and have a great day.